Hello again, and welcome to the Luke Miller Podcast. I'm glad that you're able to, to join me as we've been going through the book of Romans, uh, and in specifically Romans chapter 14, where we have been starting that discussion on what it means to resolve conflict in our lives. Now, often we see this as something where we are saying, uh, I disagree with one another. In fact, last time we looked at what it means for us to... Uh, not be disagreeable, even though we may disagree, uh, and and what that looks like. Uh, a lot of this uh, we often think is interpersonal conflict, but what we see uh, from Romans is that a lot more of this is about where we find ourselves in, in, in with our heart and with our attitudes, and and so I hope we see that. Uh, as we go through this, one of the things that over and over we'll see in Romans chapter 14 is this coming back to um, being able to be agreeable even when we disagree. And that is not saying let's change our our moral values, let's, let's change the goalposts, let's change what we believe. Uh, but it's how we approach disagreements is more of... Um, is more the way to put it. Uh, or as I said, it's more like, uh, how do we disagree without being disagreeable? Uh, and, and there's a way to do that. Now, one of the ways that we can do that is actually when, you know, Paul wrote about it right next in Romans chapter 14. And today we're just looking at a, a small little passage, uh, verses 9 through 12, which is taking a look at what it means for us to be judgmental. Uh, and in Romans chapter 14, 9 through 12 says, For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life, so that he may be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You, then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves. And I think one of the, the key components that we will actually see in this is those very last words, that an account of ourselves to God. Uh, yet judgment seems to be a very prevalent topic in the world right now, uh, whether uh, how we are judgmental, how we feel about everybody else's attitudes or what they believe, uh, their political views, their choice of sports teams. Uh, and, and no doubt, as we head into the Thanksgiving season, it is going to be something that is talked about around the turkey or over the Zoom turkey dinner, however that is working this year. Uh, but but when I look at what it means for us to be judgmental, I think, and I know that this is one of the key components that that the world thinks of Christians is hypocritical and judgmental. Uh, that was done by a Pew, uh, a report from the the Pew report, uh, which is uh, analyzes data and does surveys, um, and I believe it was through the American Academy of Religion, which actually saw that. That a lot of what people were saying about uh, about Christians in North America right now 
is very similar to what we see God charging uh, in the woes the uh, of, of Isaiah, woe to you, uh, people, as as judge brings a, or, sorry, as God brings uh, against Israel several things in which they're doing wrong. And one of them is um, being hypocritical. Uh, and a lot of times that manifests itself in the form of also being judgmental. And I think one of the key components of, of who we are is being real and being genuine wanting to create a church re, uh, that is is genuine that can come with the good the bad and the ugly but but also uh be able to to deal with that and and work through uh the tough times and work through the good times a, a church community is one that's meant to mourn together but also celebrate together and everything in between and, and so as we take a look at Romans chapter 14, I see th- kind of several different ways and this is that this passage helps us overcome uh, a judgmental spirit. And uh, the first is that we really need to focus on some of our fundamentals of our faith. In verse 9, we see, for this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the living and the dead, uh, the dead and the living, sorry. Uh, and John Piper points out, Paul is not just offering some insights into clearing up some relational things. There's some interpersonal problems. Uh, but instead, Paul is elevating things immensely by tying our care of fellow Christians to the strongest truths of Christ. Since Christ died for, uh, for that believer you are judging and he rose again, for the one you are also judging and ignoring, and he is Lord of those who are living and uh, who are dead and alive, then we focus on Jesus. We should stop our judging. In other words, in light of what really matters, we should let go of what matters a little. Let me say that again. Uh, Paul is saying here that we should stop judging, and, and in light of what really matters, we should let the little matters go. Uh, and, and, and that comes through something that we saw last week, and it is going to pop up over and over each week through Romans chapter 14, which is analyzing our own attitudes and checking. If you check out the first part of verse 10, uh, we're faced with two problem and probing questions that, that really draw a contrast between what Christ has done and the condemning that and the judging that we tend to do. The first question is uh, emphatic with the word you. It's used twice. It's directed to uh, the sensitive brother uh, saying, "Then you then, why do you judge your brother? And, and second is directed to the strong brother uh, and the strong follower. Or why do you look down on your brother? So two questions are asked. Remember last week or two weeks ago, we, we said the foundations for this passage was all about two groups in the church. One thought that they could eat a certain the certain type of food and another group that said that they couldn't eat the certain type of food um, and because of their Jewish heritage. Now, uh, what Paul is saying in coming back to this is one group of you is saying uh, why are you judging the other brother? That's the, the group that wanted to, that said you can't eat the meat and follow the Jewish kosher laws. Uh, and so they were judging the others, saying they weren't good enough Christ followers. Then 
Paul points to the, the stronger group, which is saying, which is looking down on them, saying that they think that they're better than the others. Uh, and so why do you look down on your other brother? Two very emphatic questions that, that are meant to contrast the difference between what Christ has done for us and what we tend to do to others. And, and, and to judge means to sift out, to analyze the evidence. And, and I'm sure we've all watched Law and Order or Matlock, or I guess it depends on what generation, uh, you're a part of. But, but judging means to analyze and sifting out that evidence. And it's in the present tense indicating that we are to continually, that they were continually passing judgment. This wasn't just, oh, I did this last week. This is something that was very prevalent. Passing judgment also, um, by, I mean, by implication, also conveys this idea of condemning. And to look down on was used earlier in verse 3, and it means to treat with contempt, to act like someone doesn't exist, that, that they're worthless or have no value. You can see why this is such an important topic, especially in our current climate, because we find ourselves really often at polar opposite ends of of the spectrum as far as uh, disagreements with people. There, there's very little middle ground these days, uh, and. And and verse three really points out to this over and over that we tend to look down, and, and it's easy and so easy for us to see ourselves as superior to others, either because we do things that they don't, or because we don't do things that they do. That's <laughs> that's usually what it comes down to. Uh, and either way, we end up seeing ourselves as better than our our, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And according to Luke chapter 18, verse 9, the Pharisees were experts at this. It says, to some, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else. Uh, and, and so when we take on that uh, judgment and we start being judgmental, really we're taking on that Pharisee-like life. Uh, and... And you'll notice that in, instead of the word servant, as is used in verse 4, this time Paul focuses on the family relationship by using the word brother twice. And so it's becoming more and more personal uh, as as he goes on. So, I mean, why, at the end of the day, why do we judge others? What's behind us looking down on our, our brothers and our sisters in Christ? And, and what, does this, uh, what does this look like? Why do we do it? And, and there's several different reasons that we can see. I mean, I, think, I know that it's simpler, it's very easy and easier to point out the flaws uh, of others and point out others' flaws and point them out and taking time rather than taking time to examine ourselves and changing our own attitudes. Right? Uh, and it seems some people feel better about themselves when they push others down. Uh, it's also easier to focus on other people's faults, right? Um, and, and we have to recognize the times when when people extend mercy to us in order to extend mercy to others. 
right? And and we have to be able to reflect on this and say, where have I been shown mercy? How can I show mercy? Mercy and judgment go go hand in hand. Uh, and 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 also, I think perhaps we are even less likely to believe other people have have a good excuse as us in doing the same things we do. Meaning, I sin in this way because of X, Y, Z. But you've got no reason, though. I'm able to justify my sin, or I'm able to justify my actions. But your, if you give that same excuse, that's not realistic because we're not in the same context. So, so it's very easy for us, and this is where we uh, see the passage of of maybe it's you know we're focusing on the speck in someone else's eye while we've got the plank in our own eye. And, and to repeat what I said last week is that we've got to stop judging those who sin differently than we do. That's very key in resolving conflict and, and living a more peace-filled life, a life as a peacemaker. And Jesus said in John chapter 8, 7, if any of you, if any one of you is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And there is no stones thrown that day. But they fly probably today, don't they? And they probably flew a bit yesterday for us. And maybe you were the recipient of some stones being flung. Uh, but maybe you were also flinging a few, right? Um, and and I can't stress this enough that we have to be able to stop judging those who sin differently than we do. Because we're very good at justifying how we sin and condemning those who do the uh, opposite. I'm, and, and recognizing that here, when we're dealing with sin, there's a, there's a way in which we approach this, which we took a look at last week, and we'll actually take a look again next week. Not everything you hear is true, so it's important to let God sort it all out. Uh, and, and if I... Remember back to kindergarten, and for those of you listening who've got kids would understand this, uh, the first parent-teacher meeting in kindergarten, the teacher said, listen, I will promise not to believe everything your kids say about you as long as you promise to not believe everything your kids say about me. Uh, and and there is a, a good reason for that, uh, especially in that kindergarten age, <laughs> is the world of make-belief and the world of imagination uh, very much gets muddled. Uh, and so, uh, I mean, I still remember when, when our son, in his first day and the first drawing that he brought home from school was... All of our family, except myself, all of the family was smiling and super happy. And then I was in jail with a sad face and a policeman there uh, arresting me. Now, let me be clear. I've never been in jail uh, and I've never been arrested. Uh, But every night... Ari and I would play cops and robbers and I was always the bad guy and I always got put in jail at the end of the, you know, at the end of our playing. And so, so, I mean, if you looked at that picture that he, that he sent in and he made in school and you took it at face value, the reality would be much different, right? Uh, and so, 
so it's important for us, uh, especially, to find to realize that not everything you hear is true, and really allow that discernment that God has given us, and allow God to sort a lot of it out. We like to get up all in other people's business, don't we? Uh, after the resurrection, when Jesus was great, uh, had graciously restored Peter and revealed some of the shepherding plans for him and what was next for Peter, Peter imme- immediately wanted to know what Jesus was going to do about John. And, <laughs> and, and this is Peter just being forgiven for denying his Savior and immediately, he wants to know what Jesus is going to do about John. All right, what are you going to do about him now, Jesus? You know, I'm forgiven. Great. Huh. Now, have you heard about what John's been up to? And and I love the answer Jesus gave in John chapter 21, 22. If you want him to remain alive until I return, uh, <laughs> what is it to you? You must follow me. Right? And, and Jesus is saying, you know, worry about yourself, Peter, for a little bit. Uh, really, it's, uh, it's really that mind your own beeswax, uh, which is what Jesus is telling Peter in this. Focus on yourself and your heart issues right now, and that'll also allow you to, to realize that others are in the same boat as you, and others are also trying to work on themselves. And it's much better if you come alongside than if you condemn. Um, and, and so the other thing that I think is important that we, we take a look at and, uh, I'm going to, uh, finish with this. And next week, we're going to really focus on this is, is in perspective, when we are judging in the grand scheme of things, should we consider our own coming judgment? Knowing that we will be judged should keep us from coming down on others in judgment as well. And the last part of verse 10 gives us the answer about why we shouldn't judge or look down on others, which says, for we will all stand before God's judgment seat. And three times in this passage, we're reminded that we will appear personally before God's judgment seat. We will all, it says. And my guess is that he had to repeat it to Peter uh, to the disciples, uh, because they were, were so thick headed. Uh, Jesus always had to remind them. And I'm guessing Paul had to remind it to the church and to this group of people that they were thick headed and they enjoyed judging others because it took the focus off themselves. And the word all is at the front of the sentence in order to show that each of us will have to give an account. Plus, it's in the future st- of the future tense as well. We will all stand. And, and as we take a look at um, how we can overcome this judgmental spirit and, and build on this even next week, um, I'm, uh, I want to go next week and, and, and it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun is, is take a look at really um, what, judgment and the theme of judgment really prominently looks like in the Bible. Um, uh, But we need to focus on it today because the term is used 72 times in the New Testament alone. And and there are, are two types of judgments, one for believers and one for unbelievers. And in next week, I want to take a look at 
at the believer's judgment first, and then the unbeliever's judgment. So with that being said, have a great Thanksgiving, and we will see you back in two weeks when we continue on along in our series. Take care and have a great week.